This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome in to the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller. It's game week. Not only is it game week, it's Mizzou week. There's been a lot of stuff that's gone on on K-State Twitter. There's lots of things that have gone on in Columbia with Eli Drinkwitz, but game week is finally here, and game day is right around the corner. It is. You know, last week I was excited because it was week one in college football, nothing in South Dakota, but they're not Missouri, you know. And one of those things about the K-State-Missouri rivalry, Big 8, Big 12, now Big 12 SEC, uh, Kansas-Missouri borders each other, and there's a genuine hate for the Missouri Tigers. So, yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a fun time. We're going to guide you through here on the Friday walkthrough. We'll talk a little bit about the South Dakota game. Then we'll get into what the rivalry means. Monty was a player here at K-State, played Missouri quite a few times. He said we were talking before the show. I don't think you lost to him, did you? I was fortunate to never lose to Missouri. Well, you know what? There's guys on this roster that hopefully are going <laughs> to not lose to Missouri. So we'll talk about that. Then in the second half of the show, we'll get into kind of the matchups, kind of how K-State might go after and attack this Missouri team. But before we go any further, I want to mention we are sponsored by the Part-Time Beverage Company. The first half is sponsored by Club Special. The second half will be sponsored by Cape Cod. Make sure you're getting in and trying both Cape Cod and Club Special. Also, make sure you're subscribing to the Go Powercast com YouTube channel. Uh, we're quickly growing. Make sure you do that and subscribe to the website as well. Now, let's get into this game with K-State South Dakota. First play of the game. I mean, you can't you can't ask to start a game any better than that. Malik Knowles, 75 yards to the house. It was electric. And, and to see that happen on the first play, I think it just set the tone for the rest of the game. It, it was. You know, I was fortunate enough to be down on the sideline, warm-ups and hanging out with some of my old buddies, guys I played with. Guys came before me, guys came after me. And so right before kickoff, they lead all the former players to their seats, and we were walking in the south end zone. And they kick off, we get the ball, and the first play of the game, before we even get in the stands, um, they hand it off, jet sweep to Malik, and all of a sudden he's out the gate. And I don't, I don't think people understand the feeling of hearing the crowd roar, roar at that level. It was amazing. It was amazing. In case they, you know, started off right, were they expecting to score? Maybe, but that's a great way to start the game. It just set the tone for for the entire game, and I I felt like there are so many things that K State could do on offensively that they kind of held back on. Oh yeah. But that was the one play where Colin Klein said, "You know, we like our look." Yes. And if you go back and look at the film, it was it was pretty obvious that that was a. 
designed sweep. They may have been showing a read play, but that was a design sweep. They wanted to get Malik Knowles the ball. And I think one thing that really surprised me, just in, as far as, as, as Cade Warner goes, I mean, he's a great blocker. Yeah. And he, he had, a, on, on that play in particular, came down on a crack block, crack block and blocked two guys at the same time. If you don't have a receiver who can block on a sweep play or any time outside run play, then you're not going to be able to run those plays. So I think Cade Warner, to me, he was the reason why that play sprung. Yeah, Cade, is, he's a wide receiver, but he's a bigger wide receiver. And I'm not saying he's quite tight end status, but he could be a guy you can bring down on the line to block, release, and the flats, whatnot. But Cade has been a physical presence the last two years. But one thing I also noticed, and we talked about it in the previous show, how are we going to uh, use Deuce? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, are we going to put him in a situation to go one-on-one with the backer? Because most teams are going to key him. That's smart football. And Deuce was actually a lead blocker. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking to myself, and he threw a good block to Spring Malik, but that's just kind of how Colin came out. And uh, he didn't show his hand the whole game, but that first play was like, all right, give us your best shot. This is what we got. It was it was really cool because I, I felt like as soon as it happened, all right, they're not doing they're not doing anything else. <laughs> they are going to close the book. They're going to resort, and it really felt like they ran inside zone, outside yes. zone, and then maybe a few RPOs. Other than that, it was like you know very basic in the run game. In the pass game, it felt like all right, we're going to run a slant, we're going to run a five yard out. We're not going to really try and throw the ball down the field. And Joe Klanerman and or Colin Klein, I should say in particular, mm -hmm. came out and said, oh well, you know they were kind of did some things we didn't expect them to do, so we just took what was there. And I'm like, okay, sure. You, you're, but you can't convince me that South Dakota did things that K-State wasn't expecting. I firmly believe that Colin Klein was just going to get through the game and go from there. Absolutely. And he did a great job of it. And even if there was some truth to it, and I, there may be maybe a small percentage that they did throw some different things out there personnel-wise, because first game of the year, you don't know what a team's going to bring. You don't have film of the current team. You have past film, but not current film. And South Dakota probably showed a lot more than we did. And we were able to be successful. Base packages, zone left, zone right. Uh, not a whole lot of uh, window dressing. And we, and we moved the ball you know, uh, effectively. And it's funny at certain times uh, watching the game from the offensive standpoint, um, Martinez, he had ample time in the mm -hmm. pocket. It, it was, and, and some of the guys around me joked about it and they were like, he almost looked uncomfortable because he wasn't used to having yeah. that much time, yep. you know? So that was, that was a great observation. You, did you feel like overall Adrian's performance? I mean, as far as, as far as I'm concerned, I'm still not worried about Adrian Martinez. No. I mean, he did what he had to do, and, and I've kind of uh, equated it to, you know, he had the training wheels on. It was his first time in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. I get he's a fifth-year senior, but it was his first time in a new stadium. You know, he, he's played his whole entire career somewhere else. He comes here. There's lots, of ex there's lots of pressure, lots of expectations, and I felt like the coaching staff said, let's get through this game. Mm -hmm. You can experience it first, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I think what impressed me the most about him, he – had the, the the calm about him not to try to make something happen. And a lot of times, if something didn't show right away, guys take off running the ball, try to squeeze the ball in. He didn't. He didn't panic at all in my, from what I saw that game. And that takes a lot because he knew everybody in the stadium wanted to see, okay, what's, what's this guy about? What is he going to do? We know his history at, uh, in uh, Nebraska. We know what people think about him in Nebraska. They, they claim that he was turnover prone, but who knows if it was the – coaching staff, the play calls, the O-line, 
if it was him. But he did a great job of not panicking, played a solid game, did what he needed to do, and got the win. It was it was pretty impressive for me from a standpoint of he wasn't trying to force things. Yes. Like, that was what he was known for at Nebraska. Yep. And so for the fact that he was able to just take what was given to him and understand, hey, I'm up two scores. I'm up three scores. I don't have to do this. We're playing an FCS team. Like, for fans that want to say, oh, you know, KU scored 55 points and, and beat Tennessee Tech, like, I don't care. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. like Adrian Martinez did we had did what he had to do, and so I think Colin Klein is going to really open it up this week. We'll yeah. talk about that more in the second half. But I want to talk about the defensive side of the ball. Anytime you pitch a shutout, yeah, that has to be a good feeling. It is at any level, but especially at the, the Division One level, if you pitch a shutout, because you realize most teams can penetrate the thirty yard line and they have a kicker. Uh, strong enough leg to yeah. make that field goal. And K-State got a shutout game one with a back end. When I say back end, the secondary, the safety specifically, they were all new players yeah. playing together. And the thing for me as a former safety myself, the physicality of those guys. And and I was sitting with my sons at the game, and they could see me get excited <laughs> um, whenever the hits were coming. And it's just, it was just fun to see. But the thing about it, they're big hitters. But they cover well in space yeah. also. And they look like they've been playing together for four years rather than four days, you know, mm-hmm. for their, their practice week or whatnot. But the defense looked good all, all together. Guys who you knew were going to play uh, well showed up and did what you expected. To me, the biggest surprise was Kobe Savage. Oh, man. Um, it was impressive. That last name, though. A great last name. <laughs> I mean, you can't ask for a better last name as a football player. Yeah. You know, and, and the fact that he was able to come down and lay absolutely lay the wood on some of those guys, I was I was genuinely – I was surprised. You know, yeah. you don't know what you're going to get. A junior college transfer. Mm-hmm. He played the last two seasons down, down in Texas, and he comes up here and, and oh, hey, you're starting the first game. Yeah. Like, Sorry, we're not going to hold your hand. Like, nope, you're going to go out there. Yep. You know, a whole new secondary. Guess what? You're the captain. You're the leader. And and he, he did a really good job. And he is a hard hitter. He is. And the thing about it, he he does it the right way. A lot of times when guys hit that hard, they usually leave with their helmets or it's the defenseless defenseless receiver or runner or whatnot. He did it the right way. And it was uh, it was constant. It was it wasn't like a big play here or there. If you if it was a running back, he came down and hit you. If it was tight end, he came down and hit you. If it was a receiver, he hit you. And every time you could hear the same thud over and over. And and the South Dakota guys, they won't admit it, but they were looking over their shoulders yeah. when he was coming downhill. And I would too, because he came with bad intentions. And I think that's gonna translate to the Missouri game. Like I mentioned, we'll talk more about that and specifically what Casey needs to do on defense in the second half. But you know our first show, we talked about Daniel Green being that guy. Ooh, yeah. Now you have a Ooh. guy like Kobe Savage who's back there in the back end. That just makes Daniel Green even better. Yeah. yeah. So I think that the way the defense played and something that I also want to point out is I don't know if K-State brought more than three guys, um, maybe like five, six, seven plays, if that. Felt like they were in their base package the whole entire game. Yeah. They're not going to show anything on defense. We're going to rush three. We're going to make you beat us, mm-hmm. and if you do, then we'll change. But it felt like, for the most part, K-State said, we're going to go with our three-down linemen, and, and we're still going to get sacks because, guess what? We have that kind of dudes up front. Absolutely. They basically said, this is what we're doing. Our dudes are better than your guys. Stop us. And they couldn't. And it's one of those things where they got up, got up early enough where younger guys who normally wouldn't play in a game that early got experience, and they were they kept it consistent. And a lot of people forget some of the second team and third team guys came in in the third quarter, mm-hmm. and they um, – maintain that shutout which speaks volumes about those guys because when you're playing a big 12 you're going to need some depth because injuries are going to happen guys are going to get tired you need a break whatnot and you don't want to lose a step when another guy comes in off the bench you want to keep that same level of intensity and the same level of play throughout the, the, the depth chart so that was huge for k-state 
uh, for the first game. It was it was big time. And you, you talk about depth. You're exactly right because some of those guys are going to have to play against Missouri. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's going to be things that happen. These Missouri's a lot faster, obviously. Yeah. Guys are going to get hurt. It's going to be warm outside. The possibility of cramping is a thing, right? Yeah. Guys, the helmet pops off. Guess what? You're going into. So there's so many different scenarios where these guys are going to be forced into action. And so to get them out there um, in, in the first game is, I think, very important. Uh, but, again, they got Missouri on Saturday. Yeah. So as we transition here, this has been a rivalry, and we talked a little bit about it to end the show last week. This has been a rivalry that has not been played in 11 years. The only person affiliated with K-State football who was even around the program then was Colin Klein. Yeah. He's the offensive coordinator now. He was the quarterback on that team in 2011 when K-State won. This rivalry means so much, but when you played at K-State, what did the Missouri rivalry mean to you? It was it's kind of tricky because – with the Missouri, when I played, I was in an era when Nebraska was Nebraska. And so they were kind of our big game every year. We were beating everybody else. KU was KU. Honestly, KU was a team where we would dominate them. Third quarter, the second and third team guys would be in. They knew it was coming. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Exactly, right? <laughs> so it was a rivalry to a certain extent. And, and we would get up for it because it was KU. But Nebraska was our big game because we hadn't beat them in so many mm-hmm. years. They were dominant. They were the team, top team in the Big 8 and the Big 12 for so many years. And then uh, Missouri also was a good team. And with this, with being a bordering state, that rivalry existed. The only thing about it, and, and it's kind of funny because KU hates Missouri, I th- think, as much as K-State hates Missouri. Yeah. So it was kind of a, something we had in common. And so whenever we would play, I had mutual friends at KU. They would even say, you know what, we hate K-State, but we want you guys to beat KU, <laughs> yeah. I mean, beat Missouri this week and, and do- basically dominate them. So that kind of added fuel to our fire as well because we understood uh, the significance of that. And, and Missouri, I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain because we were always – I would always question the state – the way you spell it is with two S's. Why two Z's? I'm like, are you that M-I-Z, arrogant? Yeah. yeah, I'm like, are you that arrogant? What What's the purpose behind it? I never did the research of it, but it just gave us even more reason to put the hammer down against them and get ready for it that week. So, yeah. I think, and part of it has to do with, like, a lot of those, you know, Missouri's recruiting hub is St. Louis. Absolutely, yeah. And, and if you're from, you know, you're from the city, if you're from way across the way and you think you're going to just go and play these little Kansas kids, like, surely yeah. there is part of that there, too, I, I would think. Um, I, I don't know. I just think this game is huge for a lot of reasons, but getting the rivalry back is important, not only to fans, but there's some players on K-State it's important to. We talked to Deuce Vaughn, and he talked about Felix Anudike Uzama. Hmm. He's from Lee Summit. Yep. Commits to K-State. After he's committed to K-State, Missouri tries to offer him. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I mean, it's got to be personal for some of these kids who play for K-State that are from Missouri. I would take it personally because, honestly, you know, K-State offered him, and thank goodness he came to us. But it's basically Missouri said, okay, you're good, but you're not good enough. Yeah. And then all of a sudden K-State offered like, wait a minute. Okay, K-State wants you, so you must be something special. And, and a lot of those kids do take it personal, as they should. Me being a Texas kid, uh, UT didn't offer me. They were had some interest, but they didn't offer me. And I wasn't a UT fan growing up. I was an a fan, per se. But it's one of those things, when we played UT, it meant more to me. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you know what? I want good enough. All right, watch this. You know, and it's just one of those things where those kids from Missouri uh, and, and the border and state area would take it personal. And also, too, um, for the kids now and, and the fans now, I think it's more of a Big 12 mm. versus an SEC right. than it is a, a, a K-State versus a Missouri. Right. Because Missouri jumped ship when all the other teams did, and they basically felt like they were better because they instantly went to a 
at the time a dominant football mm -hmm. conference. And people forget though, for a while there, the Big Twelve was a dominant football conference, and Missouri was a mid-level team. Mm -hmm. And so they chose to go to SEC, and all of a sudden, because you, you go from a mid-level team in the Big 12 to the SEC, you're better than us? Man, get out of here with that. It's it's going to be fascinating because yeah. I think for that exact reason, there's going to be some hostility on Saturday. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I know you are as well. We'll talk about the game when we come back in the second half. We're sponsored by the Part-Time Beverage Company. You're listening to the Friday Walkthrough. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller as we get you set for the second half here of the show. We're going to talk K-State, Missouri, the actual game. Yeah. We talked about the rivalry. We talked a little bit about K-State, South Dakota. We're going to talk about the game now. But before we do, I want to say we're sponsored by the Part-Time Beverage Company. The second half is sponsored by Cape Cod. So let's start talking about this game because there's lots of things that intrigue me. I, I think to me the biggest storyline, we talked a little bit about the offense. Will there be deep shots with K-State? Because Missouri, one thing they showed last week against Louisiana Tech, they blitzed a ton. Yeah. Anytime it was third down, they were bringing guys. They brought six guys, seven guys at one point. Uh, it, it was fascinating to me to watch that film and look. When Missouri blitzes, K-State has to take that opportunity and throw the ball down the field, don't they? Absolutely. And, and Missouri will blitz. As much as they did against La Tech, no, they won't. And because – we have a guy named Deuce Vaughn in the backfield, <laughs> number 22. He's the equalizer. And, and keep in mind, too, K-State's offensive line is a lot better than Louisiana Tech's offensive line. And Missouri knows that. They're going to take their, their shots when they feel like it's calculated. But they have to keep in mind, too, if we blitz and number 22 is in the game, there's a liability that he can be one-on-one -on -one with a linebacker or mm -hmm. safety. And if that's the case, he's going to house it. So Missouri has to be very smart about when they blitz and how often they blitz. But they're, they're going to have to blitz because their secondary can't hold up against our receivers one-on-one -on -one without any type of pressure. And I think they gave up over 300 yards passing against Louisiana Tech. So exactly. there's your, you know, there's your, that's what you're looking at, right? And so um, they played a lot of one-high safety mm -hmm. against Louisiana Tech. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know that you can do that against K-State simply because – they do have playmakers. And if you gave up 330-something yards passing to Louisiana Tech mm -hmm. playing one high safety, there seems to be a little bit of a, you know, really, do we really want to do that? We gave up this much points, I mean, this many yards to Louisiana Tech. Do we want to try and do that against a quarterback who has shown he can throw the ball and has a great strong arm? But you talk about Deuce Vaughn. To me, if you blitz and Deuce Vaughn gets by that initial line, yep. he's gone. He it's is. a touchdown. And if it's not a touchdown, it's in great field position. And you come back with Martinez being a running quarterback. And then Giddens, he came in, and I'm not sure how many yards he averaged, but this first three or four carries, 
it was at least seven yards per yeah. carry, if not yeah. more. And he's a big body, and he proved that he can play with anybody. And it's one of those things where if you do play one high safety, that means you probably have more guys in the box, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But you'll realize quickly that you have to play two high safeties, have another guy deep, and at that case, K-State's going to run the ball until you re re uh, re revert back, I'm sorry, to, to one high. And at that point, it's, it's pick your poison. Missouri's a good team. Don't get me wrong. They, they play big boy football. They have quality athletes. But I think we match up better offensively against them defensively than they think uh, than they did against La Tech. So, K-State has the advantage going into the game. We didn't show a whole lot against South Dakota. I'm anxious to see what Colin does opens up. I wouldn't be surprised to see him come out of empty. You mm -hmm. know, with Deuce yep. as a receiver. We talked yep. about it before. With Deuce as a number two or number three receiver, come out of empty and then go from there. I think I, I've said this. I think I, I wrote this somewhere. But I think K-State's going to come out and t try and take a shot. Yeah. I mean, because Missouri's not expecting it. No. They're expecting you to just run between the tackles, do your little read option, you know, do what you think that they're going to do. So do the unexpected. Mm -hmm. Take a shot down the field. I, that's that's kind of what I see happening. Uh, two guys to watch on the on the Missouri uh, defensive side. Uh, Joseph Charleston. He is a he's a safety. He's a Clemson transfer. Yes. He had two. I think he had an interception. Almost had two last week. So that's a guy that K State needs to account for. Another one, probably their best player, Florida transfer. He's an edge player, Tyrone Hooper. Mm -hmm. um, he's a guy that has played linebacker. He's put a little rush end. He can do a little bit of everything. And yeah. one thing that Missouri did, which I'll be fascinated to see if they continue to do this, looked like for the most part they were lining up either in a four-man front or they would walk Hooper up and kind of hang him over the edge. Mm -hmm. And then when it'd be third and long, they'd bring in their dime package, they'd bring in their nickel package and go three, go to a three-man front. I'll be curious how fast K-State wants to play. Because yeah. if you play fast, you don't give them time to substitute. Exactly. And so what is Missouri going to, what is Missouri going to do? Are they going to stick with the, oh, we're going to play our four-man, you know, we're going to have our walk-up edge, or we're just going to say, that's fine. We're going to go to the three-man front. Because the problem is, I think, if you're Missouri, if you go to that three-man front and Hooper is such a good pass rusher, right. are you either going to – you're gonna you're gonna give up size and have him play defensive end, or you're gonna have him kind of drop back, kind of like Khalid Duke. We've seen K State do so. Mm -hmm. I think if you're Colin Klein, you have to make Missouri make a decision. That's why tempo is so important. I think K State will be prepared. I think Colin, under, being a former quarterback himself and a and a great player and a great coordinator, in my opinion, I think he will have a, a screen game involved, mm -hmm. and he understands what's going on. And basically. Uh, Martinez is a smart kid. It's not like he's a freshman quarterback. He'll be able to make adjustments, make uh, check off, checkoffs, and, and, ch and change the play. Audible out of what they may have and say, okay, this, this kid is over here. We're going to audible to this. And, and the difference between that is all, with Law Tech and K-State's game against Missouri, I think K-State showed in the bowl game that they can run the hurry-up offense. Yeah. And the people forget about that. You know, that was Collins kind of his um, audition mm -hmm. to be – the offensive coordinator, and they ran a hurry-up offense, and they did it successfully. So I know he has the capability to do it, and I'm pretty sure they practice it. So if that's the case, watch out. You, we saw a little bit of tempo against South Dakota, not much. Yeah. I do think, I, if I recall correctly, the touchdown that Deuce Vaughn had mm -hmm. it, just after Adrian Martinez rushed for a first down. Right. They come up to the line, and, and I don't know if it was necessarily no huddle, but it was definitely tempo, yeah. and he breaks it and, and, and scores a touchdown. So I think we're going to see more tempo. I really do, and I know they've been practicing. We had a chance to talk to Deuce Vaughn, and he goes, to me, that's the hardest part about this offense that I've been trying to adjust to is mm -hmm. you know trying to get used, trying to get my conditioning in shape because – I mean, let's face it. When you're used to going into a huddle for <laughs> two and a half years of your of your career, being able to get in shape it doesn't happen overnight. And so, I'll I'll be curious to see what they do. But as far as um, schematically, I, I think if you're K State, you obviously have to lean on Deuce Vaughn in this game. I mean, 
I know Louisiana Tech didn't rush for more than 20 yards against Mizzou, but make them prove that they can stop the run, yeah. right? I think that's what you have to do because when you have 22 back there, I mean, he, he's a game changer. He is. And, and anybody who knows football understands you have to establish the run game to some extent to be successful in the pass game. And a lot of times, and, and when people say run game, most people think handoff right, handoff left. Um, a jet sweep is, is a run game. Mm-hmm. A screen is a, is a, is a run game. Um, even Martinez with a naked boot, he has option to throw it or run it. That's the run game. But you have to establish something to, to get the pass game going because you have to make the linebackers commit. Because if you're dropping back every play, they're not going to honor the run and they're dropping back underneath windows, and it makes it hard to get the passing game going. If you slice them, up enough, seven yards here, eight yards here. They have to check the run first, and then it's when you get stuff behind them over the top. Play action and pass. I, yep, yep, and I think K-State, and, and, and RPO as well, yep. I think K-State has opportunity to do that, and we'll be successful doing it. It's going to be fun to see because we have really, we still really don't know what Colin's going to do. I no. mean, we, we have an idea of what you think they might try and do, right. but the fact that he played his cards so close to his vest, yep. he, he's, he's going to say, all right, here's what we got. You know, there's no use to hold anything back now, so it'll be fascinating to see. Going over to the other side of the ball, I think this might be the matchup where – um, there, there's maybe not as many question marks, right, with the with the K State defense and with the Missouri offense. But mm-hmm. I think this might be where the game is won, right? If K State continues to play well on defense, then they're going to have a chance, right? Defense always shows up. Yeah. You know that, but just as well as anybody, yep. if the defense comes to play, you're going to have a chance to win every single game. But there is some guys on Mizzou on Missouri's offense that K State needs to be aware of. And the first one um, is Luther Burden, the true freshman wide receiver. I found this interesting when they played La Tech. They lined him up in the Wildcat twice. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe this is just me as someone who's coming from the Colin Klein school of thinking, but why on earth would you show that against Louisiana Tech if the game is not um, if the game is not in question? Unless they were just trying to give him some confidence. Yeah. I found that odd. Yeah, I think I think you I think you're right on both accounts. They did it to get him some experience, to get some the tempo of the game, not really to get physically involved but understanding what it's like to be in the middle of uh, a pressure situation but also to put something on film for later in the year because they understand when they get into their SEC schedule they want to make defensive coordinators prepare for every and anything and if if they take more time to prepare for that they can't focus on more of their base package and it puts them in situations where you have to prepare for it and understand you know what if he gets back there we have to be leery of it and who's to say they don't put something on film now and bring something back totally opposite using him as a decoy with the, right. the formation so it's good football if you really think about it um i don't know if i want to risk the chance of him getting injured in the wildcat position especially to being the star that he is but i understand the reasoning behind it mm-hmm. it was interesting to me we'll be and you know you bring that up i'll be curious maybe they don't even run that yeah. on saturday mm-hmm. right maybe that was mm-hmm. just something they did they only ran it twice it was like okay here you go and we'll make you prepare for it so it'll be fascinating another receiver that k-state fans need to keep their eye on is dominic lovett he led the team yeah. in receiving yards this is interesting to me because he he worked in the slot, mm-hmm. and K State's cornerbacks, two very good cornerbacks in Echo Boydo, Julius Prince, but they're both outside cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. If you're Joe Klanderman, do you say we're just gonna have uh, Echo Boydo or Julius Prince? Probably Echo Boydo. I would imagine they would have Julius Prince on Burden, but yeah. do you just say we're just gonna follow him? Like Love it is their guy. We're gonna put our best cornerback on their best receiver. Doesn't matter if he lines up in the slot. Doesn't matter if he lines up outside. I'll be fascinated to see that because there is a difference between playing in the in the slot as a cornerback and playing on the edge. But it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do. Uh, you know, normally if it was a four man front, I would say yes. But with K State and, and Missouri's running game doesn't scare me 
and but and their strength is a pass. So with K State running a three three five, it puts them in a position not to have the the, the corners travel. Mm-hmm. And so you do have the slots. That I mean you have the overhangs, which is Sam backers, right. Will backers, and you have the safeties also who can drop down to the middle of the field or even outside. They reroute those guys. So I I will be shocked if those guys on the outside got clean releases, you know, or even in the slot. And I think K State is going to get physical with them off the line of scrimmage. Um, our D line can put pressure on anybody by themselves, so that helps us out. And by the time and by the time they do release, the pressure's on the quarterback. He's not going to be comfortable in the pocket. And and that's the thing about it. I think K State get physical with them off the line of scrimmage, allow our guys to be on top of them, and then just go play football. I mean, the defense was incredibly physical against South Dakota. Yeah. That's the first yeah. thing that stood out to me. You mentioned the quarterback Brady Cook comes back from Missouri, played a little bit uh, last season, really started in the bowl game. That's when he kind of started to take off, but. Talking to Joe Klanerman, I felt like he said, we're going to make sure we stop the run. He said, we're going to stop the run. We're going to really stop the run. And I think at the end of the press conference, like, that's the key of the game. And I love Joe Klanerman. I do. But I'm calling his bluff on this one. <laughs> they want to stop the run because they don't think Brady Cook can beat them. That's, to me, as someone who's played, and you and I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, to me that's him saying, we don't think the quarterback can beat us, but we're going to make him if we're not going to get beat by the run game. Absolutely, and that's a great way to think because you have to ask yourself, wh- wh- where are their stars, the receivers? Mm-hmm. So we don't want to put them in a situation to beat us. So, yeah, we're going to take away the run and make the quarterback beat a guy. Not saying he's a bad player, but he's not the star. Right. And put the pressure on him. If he makes the throws to the receivers and beats us, kudos to you. You earned it. But we're not going to give it to you. And we're going we're gonna to be physical and make you guys beat us, not the run game. Because you get pressure, you know, it, if you get pressure and you stop the run, you, you, it automatically translates to the pass, right? Yeah. If you're constantly in the backfield, mm-hmm. the quarterback knows that. He knows, oh, crap, we're only getting two yards yeah. every run. Now I got a pass and they're still coming. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there's there's a trickle down there. And so I, I don't think Brady Cook, honestly – it will beat K State. I really don't. I hope. I hope. I hope I'm right. I, you know, but yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I. I just. I don't. He's not the type of player that he, who's going to jump out at you. No. Right. He's the type of guy who can check down. Who can maybe run a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I, I. I like the idea of we're going to stop the run. Mm-hmm. The receivers are really good, but if you don't have a quarterback who can get it to them, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're, you're so, correct, yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting. And as far as the running backs go, and maybe this is you know I don't I there there's no dudes. It's hard to compare to Deuce Vaughn, but you look at their running back core. Um, Eli Young is listed as the starter on the depth chart, but I think he had like three carries on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then they have Division Two transfer Cody Schrader. He was the leading rusher at Truman State. In, uh, in the MIAA last right. year. Now he's made the jump. He's playing at Mizzou. And then they have Nathaniel Pete, who K-State saw when he was a running back for Stanford. So there is some guys that um, you know have some local ties or K-State might be familiar with at the running back position. But, again, I just, I'm just i excited for this defense because, I again, they played so many guys. That just means the guys are fresh. Yep. That just means they're fresh and, and they'll be ready to go. Absolutely. And I love what Coach Klanderman and other coaches and the coach staff have done in the last three years, three or four years. They've rotated a lot of guys, you know, some names I don't even recognize, and they get and they get like significant playing time at critical times of the game, mm-hmm. not just mop-up duty. It's like 
a two-point game or a ten-point game, and they're in there and they're making plays, which allows us to continue to be better because if something does happen, injury, uh, somebody's tired, the next guy up is ready to play. And I think K-State, as far as that too, those same guys that are playing significant uh, minutes are also starters on special teams. Yeah. And they're making plays. K-State special teams continue to, to be very special. We blocked another punt. <laughs> we haven't last, talked about that yet. I know, last Saturday. And this is one of those things where – when it happened, I was happy, but I, I expected it. Yeah. I expected it. I said, you know, well, I said, well, we block one. And we should have blocked two, actually. And I said, uh, when it happened, like, and, and when he blocked, I said, we're scooping score. And sure enough, we did. And we called that. You called that last week. You're yeah. like, special teams going to make a big play. Yep. And yep. they did. So special teams, defense, offense, all will have to be critical if K-State wants to beat Missouri on Saturday. As we wrap it up, we're going to get into our pick segment. We were close. Yeah. 41-13, I think is what we said. 42-14, yeah, something we like that. Great. We were gracious to South Dakota, but we were. first game. so Yeah, you got to you gotta be nice to them. Um, I'll let you go first. <laughs> Who do you have winning on Saturday, and what is your score? Well, obviously, I have the Cats winning. Uh, I'm going to say 28-14. Okay. 28-14. Um, I, I think uh, with an 11 o'clock game, and, and Manhattan is good. The, the, the student section, the, the community – this is the city of Manhattan. We're good about morning games. I don't know what it is, but we're good about that. And the place is rocking early. And I don't think Missouri travels well as far as playing road games from their histories. So I think it means more to us than it does them. Mm-hmm. And I know they're going to give us a good fight, but it's one of those games for us. It's a, it's a, it's a game that not really catapult us to a different level because, honestly, the ranking doesn't matter to me right now. But to play a quality team the second game of the year is important. And I think we'll come out ahead 28-14. The SEC's motto is it just means more. Well, yeah. guess what? I think it just means more to K-State on I'm, Saturday. I'm, I'm with you. I, I think K-State, I you stole my – I didn't. I wasn't going to say 28-14. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say 31-17. Okay. So we're going to add close. two more yeah, field goals yeah. in there. Case, the spread, I think, is like 7.5, 8, depending on where you are. Right. I've said K-State's going to cover. So, I, again, I think they do. We both think K-State comes out – of Saturday with a win. That's Monty Spiller. I'm Cool Carmi. Thanks, everyone, for listening, watching, wherever you may be. This has been the Friday Walkthrough, sponsored by the Part-Time Beverage Company. Make sure you're subscribing to the GoPowerCat.com YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribing to GoPowerCat.com, and we will see you next Friday.